0: welcoming to jackson share sports radio is a former nfl analyst as well as a scout and current instructor and teacher with the sports management worldwide uh program which we'll talk about in a minute russell landy uh russell you also graduated from babson college with a bachelor's degree in econ before gaining your master's degree in sports management at concardia uh university Chicago. I'm super excited to have you on the show and uh, we've got a lot to discuss. I got a lot of things to talk about and I can't wait. So with that being said, Russell, welcome to Jackson Share Sports Radio.
1: Thanks for having me. Always like to uh, jump on and talk to people about sports.
0: <laughs> me as well, man. That's, I, I love this show. I love having people on. I love having guests and I can't wait. Can't wait to uh, talk. So first, Russell, take me through every step in your journey of your career. So we'll start with the first part and where you are right now.
1: Sure. Um, I went to college, uh, got an econ degree, wanted to work in sports. Um, Didn't know how that was going to happen. So I started putting together an NFL draft guide um, in the hopes of not just working in football, but working somewhere in sports. So I sent this draft guide, which is about 200 pages, to every NFL, CFL, NBA, um, MLB, NHL team, saying, hey, I just want to work in sports. Um, Didn't get a job that year, um, but did get an interview uh, with the Cleveland Browns in 92 when Belichick was head coach. Uh, Did not get the job. The job actually went to Jim Schwartz. Mm. So my career probably would have taken a whole different path had I gotten that job. Um, The next year, I was fortunate enough to get hired by the LA Dodgers um, as a part-time intern in their community relations department. Did that for about six months, and then an opportunity came up to be an intern with UCLA football in their recruiting department. So I did that two days a week um, while I was still working a regular job. Um, And the following year, I got the opportunity to join the LA Rams in their pro scouting department. I worked there their final year in LA, went with them to St. Louis, worked with them in St. Louis for three more years. Uh, Right after the 1998 draft, I got fired at 27 from what at that time was my dream job uh, for basically being a smart ass. From what I've been able to find out, nobody's ever given me an official reason. Um, so after that happened, I moved back to New York um, and started doing my book again, figuring that was going to be my best chance to getting back into football. I um, was lucky enough that book led to a job with uh, CBS Sports. I worked behind the scenes on the NFL Today show. Uh, wow. Myself, Jay Glazer, Jay um, Glazer, Todd McShay, Gary Horton, we were sort of the information guys for guys like Jim Nance, Randy Cross, Coach Glanville, Coach Ditka. Uh, Did that for two years, Um, and during my second year of doing that, a few days a week I spent as the East Coast Scout for the original XFL. Um, Did that, it was a great experience, my first time being out on the road scouting, and the following year, um, right after the XFL folded, within a few months I was lucky enough to get an interview and then a job with the Cleveland Browns, um, worked as an area scout for the Browns for three years. Um, and right after the 2004 NFL draft, I actually resigned from my job, um, with the Browns, I, my family needed me to, uh, help with the family business. So I took a step away from the NFL, um, help with the family business. And during that time, I restarted doing the book and ended up, ended up doing like media uh, covering the NFL, the NFL draft. Uh, for a year we worked for the Sporting News. For seven years we covered the draft, or for a year we worked for CBS Sports.com. Then for seven years we did it for Sporting News, um, and we covered everything year-round. Probably three to four hundred articles a year. Did their draft magazine. It was a great experience. And then out of the blue, um, in 2013, I was talking to Coach Tressman, who was at the time the Montreal Alouettes head coach, and Jim Pop, who was also the Alouettes GM. They were both interviewing in the NFL, and I was just chatting with them because I knew them and sort of, especially for Jim, because he's never worked in the NFL, giving him some insight as to what to expect in the NFL interviews and things like that. When he didn't get a GM's job out of the blue, he texted me, asked me to join the Alouettes. Uh, I thought I was done working for teams, and I jumped at the chance. It was exciting to work for a different league, and I spent 10 years in the CFL. Just finished at the end of December, my 10th and hopefully final year. Um, Working for a team in professional sports, and now I am going to be a professor starting next week, teaching my first class at the Concordia University here in Chicago, and hopefully uh, that is going to be my new and final uh, stage of my career in sports.
0: Wow, man! I mean, what what a ride! What what an amazing journey! Crazy, that's for sure. That has been that. That sounds amazing, though. What what a great ride! Wow.
1: It, It has been incredible. I mean. From getting to work with people like Coach Vermeel, um at the Rams, and just he's always been a mentor since that time, to being um, able to cover the Super Bowl with the NFL Today Show. Um, I think it was the Ravens beat the Giants by like 400 points, and the Giants had one touchdown on a kickoff return. Um, was this in 2000? Not, was that in 2000? Yeah, 2000. Yeah, we, were, we I'm, are, we a, I'm are, a Ravens uh, fan,
0: so I got that. Oh, there you I go. Understand. Yeah, we yeah. were
1: there on the uh, – pirate ship in Tampa. Wow, doing the show. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then spending 10 years in the CFL. CFL is an amazing league. I don't know how it stays in business because it's always on the brink of going out of business. But uh, it's an amazing country. and The people are awesome. So I've had a great experience meeting great people and working in this business for a lot longer than uh, many people are able to.
0: Right. I mean, w- what a great opportunity, the great opportunities you've had. Um, so how did your I guess, passion for sports arise? Like, was this from a kid, from a child, a uh, childhood dream to work in sports? Cause it's definitely one of mine for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, back in, like, even in high school, uh, my yearbook, everything, everybody that wrote in my yearbook talked about me working in football. Um, all the people in college knew like now when I see them, they're like, you're the one person who knew was going to work in sports and, it's just sort of I've been really fortunate. I played literally like whistleball, little league club football from when I was young and just loved it. And somehow was hoping to work in sports. I didn't think it would actually happen. That's why I went to Babson to have a business degree so right. I could actually have a real job and just got very fortunate that things broke my way and I had some great mentors that helped me along the way to get there.
0: Amazing. And and what made you decide to be an econ major? Were you planning to be something else or do something else with your with your career before football or was there?
1: Yeah, I mean, my plan at that point, I grew up in New York City and obviously New York City is Wall Street. So I thought, let me go get an econ degree, learn about that, and I can try to jump in. And I didn't want to be a broker, um, but I wanted to somehow be involved in sort of figuring out the money management uh, for its cities, countries, things like that. So I thought it would be a great chance to learn about that. Um, obviously I've not used much of that education um, directly I mean it, I have used it in terms of knowing numbers and being strong in that area um, totally. but yeah it's uh, I got very lucky was very fortunate that I was able to get into sports and be able to stay in sports for over 20 years.
0: Gosh, incredible if you had to describe So when, when you were an NFL analyst, you were with the NFL, if you had to describe that job in one word, I asked this to a bunch of my interviewees, how would you summarize that job?
1: Um, hmm, that's a great, and I assume you mean when I was a scout?
0: Yeah. When you were a scout, NFL scout. Um,
1: one word, um,
0: it's pretty tough.
1: It is because there's so many things you want to encompass or include, um, Probably passion, just the
0: Love job.
1: It. I mean, just if you're not passionate, you're not working in football, or at least you're not doing a good job. Totally. And to me, that was what it was all about. I loved being in football. I loved everything about it. So, yeah, I think that's probably the best word.
0: Love it. I mean, you can't you can't do your job and do, do the best that you can with your job, and you can't succeed, I guess, in that job if you're not passionate. So you got to have some passion. Um, you do. Yeah. That's for sure. For sure. So I noticed on LinkedIn that you – um, list yourself as an on-air talent. So I would love to hear more about this side of your career. Is there Was there a career in broadcasting and sports radio at, at a moment in time?
1: You know what? It's a good thing you pointed that out. I totally sort of spaced that. When I was doing my media company, we were covering stuff for the sporting news. Um, it led to me doing probably, I don't know, between two to 300 radio interviews a year. Wow. Um, and I started doing some spots like ESPN and different TV stuff and, Fortunately, I ended up actually for two years, I had my own show on Big Ten Network. It was uh, called The Next Level. And I was sort of the focus because I was sort of the expert. There were three panelists um, or three other people on the set. And our discussion was which players were going to the NFL and what teams thought of them in the NFL. Um, So we did that every week, 40 weeks a year, basically. Um, One day a week, we'd shoot. Um, So I'd fly from New York to Chicago do the show, fly back, um, did that for two years. The show got canceled, but then I, we ended up moving here so I could keep doing other shows. So for about four years straight, I was on probably 40 shows a year, um, on big 10 network. When, when you say here, that's Chicago, correct? That is Chicago. Yeah. That's where we've lived since 2013.
0: Wow. Amazing. Um, and I have a couple questions about the sports management worldwide, the, uh, as a, sure. as a professor. So, um, what made you decide to start teaching is there is there a uh because i know your obvious passion for sports i can i can tell i mean it's pretty obvious um so what made you become passionate about teaching that to others
1: well i will say initially it wasn't so much a passion for teaching it was my media company was starting out um we had just signed on with sporting news to be their draft company um and somebody that had bought my draft guy, um basically without even asking me sent my book to sports management worldwide with which had just started out they just had a baseball course and he sent the book to them saying hey you guys need to start a football course um and they got the book and they called me and they were like hey would you be interested in teaching this course and in all honesty when i first started i thought hey my media is just growing this is a way to get more publicity i'm going to do this with no real thought or passion to teach um but within a year or a year and a half of doing it, not only did I enjoy it, but some of the people that I had taught had really sort of, by taken them under my wing and they were sort of helping out my scouting company, working as interns. And eventually that led to some of these people going to work in the CFL, the NFL, pro football focus. And I really fell in love with providing that mentorship. And it made me realize how much help I got along the road. And it made me realize, okay, if I can help these people in this short period of time, I want to keep doing this. And now I've been doing it over fifteen years. And like there's a young kid that took it, I want to say took the class of two years ago, and he's already moved into where he's a, a full-time employee and analyst for a Big Ten school. Wow. And this kid is like twenty-five years old. Um so and like the the general manager of SMU football, Alex Brown, was one of my first students probably back 15 years ago so doing that um and part of it doing that and loving the mentoring and after spending eight years in the cfl um i had sort of made the decision two years ago hey you know i want to find a way to get this master's degree so i can actually go be a professor at a school because i think i can even make more of an impact doing that than just teaching online for sports management worldwide not that i want to leave them i'm going to keep doing that but the chance to be an in-person professor, I think I can help more kids, hopefully figure out where they want to work in sports. And hopefully they can have a career of 10, 20, maybe 30 years doing something they love.
0: Right. I mean, I, I love that. And, and so this new job is going to be in person. What, it in was person, it was remote, though, right?
1: It, well, it was at Sports Management Worldwide remote. I mean, I'll still do that. But starting next week i'll be teaching at 40 the first class will be sports facility and event, event management starting in person next thursday um it's only one class this semester because i've never done really in person on a regular basis so it's sort of a chance for me to sort of get my feet wet get going and then down the road maybe the fall or next spring expand that to three four or five classes per semester so i'm excited it's a chance to i think help more kids because I think you can do a lot more in person than you can online.
0: Thousand percent. I mean, as a student, I'm a senior in high school. Um, I mean, just Zoom school was not was not the move. I, I didn't like Zoom school at all. Um, And I, I think in person, I learn a lot more. So it's definitely so no doubt.
1: My daughter's a senior also, and I can attest to this the issues as a through Zoom. Yeah. How much easier it is for her when it's in person.
0: One thousand percent. So in terms of the course. When, you, when you, you'll be teaching, what are some of the concepts, things that you'll be teaching, some of the topics?
1: Well, the first thing we're going to be diving into is just sort of talking about how sport has changed over the years, the evolution of sport in terms of the rules, the equipment changes, um, why, ha- why those things have happened. Um, some of it's obviously to protect players so they can get better. Some of it's so the game can grow for the integrity of the game. And obviously some of it, as especially over the last 10 years, is for gambling. Um, right make they because of technology make things more precise more exact so there aren't mistakes that lead to uh, people getting upset and feeling things are fixed um and then diving into why the event management of facilities is so much more important than it was 30 years ago i mean 30 years ago you would have the rams and the angels playing at anaheim stadium in a dump of a facility and it was used for just baseball and football it really wasn't much else whereas now almost all facilities are used for a multitude of sports and conventions and concerts in order to make them profitable because the cost to make it building these facilities is so astronomical. And then right. you even look at what, like, the Vikings did with their facility. I don't know if you've seen their training facility that they have. They have a training facility with four practice fields and a little miniature stadium that holds like 15,000 people. And that is used by the state for all the big playoff games. So they can actually make money back. To help continue to pay off the building, the facility by allowing that to be used by same with Dallas does the same thing by high schools and small colleges to use that facility to play games. So there's right. so many aspects that facility management is vital for teams to not go broke.
0: I I totally agree. I mean, I think we see this also in terms of baseball with Fenway Park, and they're trying to branch out. I mean, I'm I'm an Orioles fan too, so they're they're kind of branching. Angelo says he's trying to branch out into the other parts of Baltimore so that there's quarter, kind of "quote unquote" a city feel uh, with with like a Baltimore city. I mean, we even see this with like Lambeau Field, um, and they I, I've seen on Instagram reels like uh, there that looks amazing outside their the facilities that they provide um, concessions and stuff like that for for fans. That looks really really outstanding.
1: Well, Lambeau Field is so unique. And I would tell anybody that's a sports fan, even if you're not a football fan, go to training camp at the Packers. Um, I've been in this business forever. And the single greatest experience in sports in my life is being there at training camp and watching the players come off the field, and they will ride the bike from the practice field. And it's literally a block, literally just down the street to the facility. And the kids wait there with their bikes. And there are players that have been there for 10 years that they sort of picked out a kid over the years, and it's the same kid every practice, the bike, they ride there, and it's an amazing thing for anybody who has never been there. you got to travel to Green Bay. There's nothing else to do there but the Packers, but for that time during training camp, it's the most amazing experience.
0: Sounds like a great – I might have to do that myself. It sounds like a great experience. You should.
1: It's It's truly an incredible experience.
0: I love it. Love to hear it. So in term shifting back to the draft just for a second. Yeah. Do you have, have you been following, I'm sure you've been following a lot, but do you have a select draft board that where, where you think there's going to be a specific order? Do you have your draft board already, or is it, is it? I do early?
1: not. Um, partly because what, when I've been working in the CFL, I don't really get a chance unless I have a lot of free time to look at the top prospects. Cause I'm always looking at the guys that are fringe, Those right. that's who would come to the CFL. Um, now that I'm going to be a professor, uh, I'm fortunate I'm going to have access to film um, through some connections in the business. So I am going to grade um, the top players in the draft, but that'll be over the next three or four months. I have not really looked at many players. I will say after watching Washington beat Texas, I'm very intrigued. I the a very in-depth quarterback um, charting evaluation system that started back in uh, 80 or ninety eighty-seven with Dick Vermeil and Mike White sort of uh, having me do that in their first year with the Rams um, in 97. Um, but it's evolved over the years, and I can't wait to chart that Phoenix kid. He looked really good against Texas, and I really want to plug him in and see where he grades out. He's, he's really
0: good. I mean, I, 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 I can say I'm also like a Mar- – I'm all Baltimore. If you couldn't tell, I'm all Baltimore and Maryland. So my whole family went to the University of Maryland. So I've been tracking Maryland, and I, you know, I always follow them every year and first couple of years i really started to follow them Penix was the indiana uh the indiana university quarterback and i was like oh this kid he's all right like it's okay they did they had a decent season he got hurt um and then he transferred and i saw a story that he actually made it to uh tennessee before decommitting and then going to washington so i mean the kid the kid is special i mean i I think they have a really good chance. Do you think they'll win the game? I I think they have a great chance to compete with Michigan.
1: I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I think the interesting thing is that both those quarterbacks are athletic enough. They can make plays in the pocket and get out and make plays on the move. Um, I think Phoenix is a better quarterback. Me too. Um, It's going to be a great game, though. I mean, it's not going to be I think Texas was just outgunned because if you can't pressure the kid, he's going to pick you apart. And, And the Texas quarterback was just no match. He couldn't make the pros and do the things that Phoenix could do. So it's gonna be a great match. I'm excited for it. It's gonna be a great game.
0: I'm i I'm super excited. Um and I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. So agreed. Yeah, totally. Um so when when I was reading your recommendations, right, on, on uh LinkedIn, doing some research I always research my guests. Um do you have like a specific team that you follow? Is there a specific team in the NFL, I guess, that, that you follow? Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I grew up as as an Orioles fan, Chargers fan, Um, so I followed the Chargers forever. Um, They're, unfortunately, they have not had much success. Um, When you think back to Philip Rivers was there 15 years and they barely made the playoffs like five, six times, Um, and now you have Herbert and they're generally not playing well. So hopefully they can get it figured out. But yeah, I followed them. I will say the one thing that you learn in this business, once you start working in the league, um, you generally tend to root for, and they change every year, the teams where your friends are working. So like my buddy has been the director of college scouting charges for 13 years. So I've rooted for them. Um, But a lot of it really comes down to where your buddies are working. If you wanna see them succeed, you stop rooting specifically for teams. It's all about where your buddies are working.
0: Totally. Um, and, I mean, in terms of work, I'm a, I'm a senior in high school, like I mentioned. I'm, I'm looking to become a sports agent, and I've applied to schools, you know, for sports management. Um, SMU is also on my list uh, for colleges. Really great school for sports management. What would be your advice for me as a student to try to stand out, I guess, in terms of sports management? How, how would I stand out from the rest um, to try to become a sports agent?
1: Well, if you want to be a sports agent, I think the biggest thing you want to do when you get to school is reach out to the big agencies, um, places like Sports, Stars, and places like that, um, and try to see if they'll let you intern while you're at school. And that right. interning may be that entry. A lot of it's going to be phone calls, um, getting a guy, setting up meetings, stuff like that, so that they can go in and meet with them. Um, I would try to, if I were you, try to go to a school that has a at least a Division One. Football team? Oh, all, all
0: the schools uh, on my list are Division one, so okay. that, that won't be a word. So that –
1: because if you can get an internship with a sports agent and your school has prospects, that means they're going to send one of their people to the school to recruit them. And if you're interning for them, you're going to be meeting with them four or five times each year to build that relationship. Eventually they may say, hey, we want you to meet these kids, blah, blah, blah. Go to some high schools and stuff where kids are from build relationships there. So the more you can get in touch with places like sports stars and even smaller agencies like Chris Martin in Chicago has a thing called OTG Sports. Chris has been an agent for 20 years, Buddy Baker out of Indianapolis. These guys don't have huge budgets. So young guys like yourself, intern for them while you're in school. It's a great opportunity. They know everybody. And if you want to be an agent, it's very rare for a guy to come out of school and just be an agent and on his own. Most guys come out of school and work for, even if it's not a big agent, work for even a small agent, like a Buddy Baker or a Chris Martin, who has 15 or 20 guys. You work for him for three, four, five years. Build your reputation and either stay with him and help him grow or go out on your own at that
0: point. Right.
1: Uh, the best thing you can do is intern uh, for an agency. And also, if you have the time and if an agency doesn't work because there aren't that many, see about working and volunteering for the team. Um, right. There was a young kid who came to the sports management conference, gosh, a long time ago now. He was the first kid, this to you will probably seem crazy, but he was the first kid in like the three years that we did it, the first three years. He was the first one that showed up in a suit and tie. Everybody else was like sweatshirts, golf shirts, or whatever. He showed up and he came up and he's like, I want to work in football. What do I do? And I was like, well, what's your situation? He said, oh, I'm just finishing my freshman year at Indiana. So I said, disregard any other stuff you're going to hear here just the moment you get back go down to the football office and start asking for a job so he went down every day in a suit and tie it took him about a month or two for them to finally let him start making photocopies and getting coffee but by the end of his sophomore year he was a student manager by the end of his senior year he had been basically part of the staff even though he was still a student he ended up getting a ga spot And at 24, he became the second youngest director of football operations in the the history of Division I football. Now, fast forward five years, he actually quit and got out of working in football. Um, He just didn't enjoy it as much as he had hoped. But just getting a foot in that football door is enormous. Because once you're working, and it doesn't have to be football, football best, once you're working for one of the major sports, you can make connections to sports agents very easily because they're always around the programs. And it gives you something to sell to these agents, which is, I know the kids. I can tell you which are the good kids, which are the bad kids to recruit, not just as players, but as kids. So get involved somehow, some way with either a sports agency or with the team at the school you go to.
0: Love, I mean, great advice. Is there anything I should do now? I mean, even with a podcast and a high schooler, just keep doing what I'm doing.
1: Well, if you if you want to reach out to the people like the Buddy Bakers, the Chris Martins, the smaller to midsize agents, 100, percent that'd be great. Get them on the podcast, develop that relationship, or even reach out and just say, "Hey, this is one of my goals," and 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 Russ Landy recommended I contact you. Hey, can you hop on the phone and talk with? Yeah. You know, some of them might say, "Yeah, that'd be great. I'll be happy to give you some insight and stuff." Like the sports stars, people Brian and Alan started this firm 25 years ago. Um, And they are the second biggest firm in the NFL. They have over a hundred and I think 40 players in the NFL. Um, They've represented a ton of star players from John Mobley. I mean, all the way through, and they are as efficient and organized and smart as any sports, any of the major sports agencies that there are. Um, So places like that, getting a foot in, interviewing these people, it's a great way to get your foot in a lot of these agencies are looking for people on college campuses of D1 schools that can at least help them sort of give them the inroads. Who's the guy to contact? Who are the players here? Things like that. And if you can provide that, you become invaluable to them, and that could eventually lead to a job.
0: Uh, that's, that's what I'm doing. The podcast, we're building connections. I've inter- I've had the great pleasure of interviewing a bunch of great athletes. It's It's been really fun. Um so my last question for you, Russ, uh, thank, thank you again for joining me, Russell, and it's, it's been amazing. Um, so if there's one thing that you could echo, you know, to students like me that are looking to become sports agents or kids looking to become or go into the sports industry, what's your one thing that you would tell them in terms of work ethic, hard work, uh, dedication and caring uh, for their job?
1: I think the biggest thing, well, I'll give you two. Firstly, you have to outwork every. You have to be the hardest worker, but work smart. Don't work hard. Never be that guy who feels they have to be the first one and stay until the, the head coach leaves just because you want to be seen. Just do your job better than everybody else. Don't worry about that. Um, and I think the, the other big thing to get in is differentiate yourself. Um, when I worked for the Rams and even now throughout my career, the number of emails I get with a cover letter and resume is thousands. And as I, when I was at the Rams, I was told, don't even waste your time. Just put their name down and their address, and we'll send a rejection letter. Anybody that does something different, more, a project, whatever it may be, an analytics project, a video analysis, whatever, that's going to get my attention. So do something to differentiate yourself. And if you want to be a sports agent, hey, take a look and say, hey, where are the best value players found? Conferences, levels, schools, positions, whatever it may be, Something to differentiate yourself from all the other people trying to get a job. If you could present something to the agents and to the teams that differentiate you, gives you a much better chance of getting a foot and do you
0: Love it. Amazing advice, words of wisdom,
1: and, and that's what I'm trying to
0: do with the podcast in terms of college and stuff. I mean, I think this differentiates me from a lot of students that don't really have the podcast. But, I mean, I love, I love doing it. It's been amazing. I've been doing it for three and a half years, and I look forward that's to great. continuing it. Yeah. Started freshman December twenty twenty freshman year.
1: Wow, that's impressive. I that give you credit.
0: We've kept it going. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a great ride, and I, I can't wait to continue it. Um,
1: that's awesome, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's been awesome. Thank thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we'll definitely keep in touch. I I definitely will. Uh, we we'll, we'll talk. Oh, it says uh, end in ten minutes. Oh, we'll end in a second. Um, yeah, definitely, numbers. definitely will um keep in touch. I want to talk about the uh, sports agencies that I can reach out to
1: and sort of make that. Any help I can do, don't hesitate. Cause I know a lot of the agents I'll happily either intro you via text or email or something, and you can reach out to them and see what opportunities there may be.
0: 1000%
1: Russell always. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.
0: This was easy. Always amazing having the podcast. Thank you so much. See you you later. Um, And I'm going to post this up right now appreciate it. Okay. Sounds good, Jackson. Have a good one, man. You as well. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks. A huge thank you to Russell for joining me on the show today. Um, and you, we'll, we'll see you guys in the next podcast episode. We've got a huge episode next with, with the director of football player football uh, development at the University of Washington before their national championship game. So I appreciate you all for listening, uh, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace out.